Welcome to the teaching ministry of Rev. Daryl Baker, pastor of Christian Faith Fellowship. Pastor Baker is fulfilling the call of God on his life to preach the Word of God without compromise. Raising up disciples who through faith in God will have a powerful impact on our world. May you be blessed through the message that Pastor Baker has to share with you today. May God's very best be yours. Second Corinthians 5, we're still talking about being fully equipped for what's ahead. This is not an in-depth teaching on each of these subjects. We do in-depth teachings on each of these subjects. But these are key things that you need to know as we came into the new year. I'm just refreshing your memory about some things you need to make sure that you are walking in the light of if you want to be prepared for what's ahead. That that preparation isn't just meaning prepared for bad things, although there are, we're in perilous times. There are things that are still going to come down the pike, but uh, you and I can be victorious over all of it. Amen? But also to be prepared to walk in the pathway as we've talked about out of Ephesians 2.10 that God has already planned for us. God already prepared a life for you to live. Thank God we can walk in it if we're fully prepared and equipped to do so. Amen? So let me go over the first five things I've already given you significant to walking in, being fully equipped for what's ahead. One, don't make church optional. I'm going to see again today how that will tie back to our message today because if you do, you're missing out on understanding you need and continued insight you need about the things God wants to plant in your heart and get a harvest of. So you do not need to make church optional. Well, you can, but if you want to be prepared for what's ahead, you better not. The Bible even says, you know, we could teach again like on one subject. Uh, We could teach on that for weeks and weeks. Understand the Bible also says that the reason you're here is to be fully equipped for the work of ministry and that you will no longer be immature believers tossed about by every wind of doctrine. So you don't need to make church optional if you want to be fully equipped. Amen? You miss a service. You miss something God had to say to you. Think about that. Uh, obviously, you might miss once in a while. Just don't make it an optional thing. Well, should I go or go fishing today? Yeah, fishing today. Let me help you. You're not going to be prepared for what's ahead. Right. Are you listening? Yes. You better hope all them fish you catch are going to be able to keep you healthy, well, and strong and prepared for the devil's work, because, uh, for what devil's got coming. Because I guarantee you, God had something to prepare you for. Number two, make your relationship with God what? A daily priority. Daily, fellowshipping with him in the word. We taught, taught about how you can, some basics, how you can do that and how you need to be doing that through the scriptures every day. If you're not going to do that, I mean, realize that you're pretty much not walking with God. How can God help you? If you don't make walking with God a daily priority, how can God help you when you just choose not to walk with him and choose to kind of do your own thing? Sadly, most Christians, you know the number one problem? Uh, let me ask you the question. I mean, I know because I've seen it for years. Let me ask you the question. What do you think would be the number one problem, number one problem as to why Christians don't seem to walk in the kind of victory God wants them to walk in, walk in the things God wants them to walk in? What do you think would be kind of the number one problem about all of that? Don't know him? Okay, I'd agree with that. Relationship? Okay. Let me tell you what it is. You ready? Lack of consistency number one problem because knowing God is important but what if you don't consistently fellowship with God you're not going to know him right so I agree not knowing God's a problem why do you not know him lack of consistency 
See, you're, you're talking about something important, but that's the end result of something. That's not what caused it. You not knowing God, something caused that. What caused it? Lack of consistency. Not consistently doing what Scripture teaches. If you don't, you're certainly not going to get good results. The more consistent you are, the better off you're going to be. Amen? Amen. Number three, you got to make renewing your mind a daily practice. A daily practice. You take things you hear, 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 Scripture that you go to, etc., of what you know obviously reveals who you are in God and what God desires for your life, and you meditate on those things. You speak them over and over in your mind. Instead of talking about all the problems of the world and the gas prices and all the other issues, start talking about what God says. Consistently meditate on the Word of God. It's the only way the Bible says that you will be successful in all that you do, according to the book of Joshua, chapter 1, verse 8. Number four, you need to make God's Word what? Final authority in your life. So that means I don't make any choices, decisions, or anything separate from the Word of God. God's Word's final authority. It's kind of like what Kathy said this morning. I'm going with God's report. Whatever God said, that's what I say. Whatever God told me to do, that's what I do. So if you make God's word final authority, there's no alternative for anything else to be more important in your life. Thank you for your amends about that. Number five, we must also be what? Led by the Holy Spirit. Because there's going to be things that you're going to go through in life that you're going to need some guidance and direction from by the Holy Spirit. Decisions you're going to have to make, things you're going to have to do. And we talked in uh, fairly good detail about how to do that, how to walk in relationship to being led by the Holy Spirit. I'm now in 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Hopefully you're there with me. I'm going to one simple verse here. One simple verse. Actually, I'll add a couple to it just for the sake of the context here. 2 Corinthians Chapter 5, verse 5. He who has prepared us for this very thing is God, who also has given us the Spirit as a guarantee or a down payment of what He desires for us to know in relationship to our future. Verse 6. So we are always confident knowing that while we're home in the body. See, you're not a body. We're just living in it. While we're still here, we are absent from the Lord. Now notice the very next phrase he says after that. He tells you, you're living here in this body. What are you? If you're living in this body, what are you? Now, absent from the Lord doesn't mean the presence of God is not with you. It just means you're not where Jesus is right now. Jesus is sitting at the right hand of the Father. He's with you by way of the Holy Spirit. You're never alone. But the point he's about to make here is significant. Notice the very next statement. For, for we walk by faith, not by faith. Sight. Why do we walk by faith, not by sight? Because as long as you're here, you're absent from the Lord. Therefore, guess what you better learn how to do? Walk by faith. Walk by faith. So if you haven't figured out number six, it's really simple. I'm going to tell you right now, we must. Not an option. You want to be fully equipped for what's ahead? We must learn to walk by faith and not by sight. We must, we must, we must, we must. Faith is a never-ending subject that we should constantly be studying, learning more about, and developing in because God wants us very clearly to do what? Walk by faith and not by sight. When you get to heaven, although God's a faith God and God still functions by faith, when you get to heaven, guess what? You'll see him, for as, for, see him and know him for, for who he is. You won't have to have faith whether or not he really exists anymore. He's going to be standing right there in front of you. So that's why he's saying, while you're here and you can't see all of what he did all the time in the natural, you've got to learn to walk by faith to attain that. 
You can't walk in what he's done of what you don't yet see unless you learn to do it by faith. And this isn't just talking about a promise that I want. This is talking about walking in the light of all of life. See, faith is now supposed to be our lifestyle. Go to Luke 17. Luke 17. Most people, I'm going to show you some key nuggets about faith today you may, may have never seen. Most people don't understand that once you got born again, faith is now to be your lifestyle. You know what that means? You didn't know how to walk by faith in God uh, as, a, as a daily lifestyle. You know, there are people in the New Testament that weren't born again. They put their faith in what Jesus said, and they got the promise of what he said. So clearly they had the ability to put faith in him at that moment. But you and I aren't supposed to put faith in God for a moment. Listen carefully. We're to walk by faith. What does walk by faith mean? My daily life on this planet, walking through this planet, is supposed to be now what? A faith walk. So I am now, once one context of a verse says, we're to now be governed by faith, not by sight. Sight refers to the context of the old fleshly man. It don't mean we don't use any of the five physical senses for decisions we make today. You know, these new stoves, you know, I mean, if you didn't see that it was still hot and didn't have a little light telling you that and somebody just turned it off and you went to put your hand on it or got close to it and felt heat coming off it, you know what your actual senses tell you? You better not touch that. It doesn't mean we don't utilize our senses to some degree, but they're not to govern how I live beyond the word. The word is supposed to govern me as I'm to now walk by faith, not by sight. If you don't learn to walk by faith and not by sight, guess what? You won't be fully equipped. For what's ahead. Now let's look at some little nuggets of truth about faith in relationship to what Jesus taught and how the kingdom functions and works and how we need to understand to live by this faith every day. So we're not just living by faith in the sense of thinking, well, I live by faith. Most people say that. That just means when a problem comes up, they believe that they now get in faith over that problem and they're walking by faith. Well, you're not supposed to wait till a problem comes. You're supposed to be living by faith every single day. Let me, let me, let me define to you a Lester Summerall quote, okay? A Lester Summerall quote. He was asked one time, Lester Summerall, Dr. Summerall, what is faith? Answer, how far can you trust God? Faith is trust. You just going to trust him when you need something? How about you trust him to make right decisions every day? How about you trust him to be where you need to be every day? How about you trust him to know what you need to know? Every day, not just when you want something. God's not a sugar daddy that you just look at him when you want something, and now I'm going to put my trust in him. Now, you're supposed to trust him every day. If you're not, guess what? If you're not walking by faith, trust him today and the decisions he wants you to make, guess what you're missing out on? The pathway of your future of what he's prepared for you. You can't get to where God wants you to go without walking by faith. So we've got to learn to walk by faith and not by sight. And a part of this principle of faith that's often missed, I'm going to share with you today. Because it's a kingdom principle. Kingdom functions by faith. It's powerful. I can't wait to teach this in the church, but our men got to hear it Friday night about the, the truth about the kingdom in you and how you being re- regenerated as a new spirit being can now function in that kingdom. The king's domain. The dominion of the king is in you. Think about that. The dominion of King Jesus is in you. That dominion can function through your life every day. Every day. You function out of your spirit, man, which takes faith, and you can see that work for you. Watch this. Luke 17. You're still with me, aren't you? 17.5. Notice this. The apostles said to the Lord. So we see clearly the context here is faith. Increase our faith. 
So what's the context of what Jesus is about to answer the question of? About how faith obviously gets increased or how faith works. What were they asking? They were asking the Lord to increase their faith. Now, you know, if God could increase your faith, guess what? Then the Bible will tell us this is how you increase your faith. You just keep asking God for more. It would tell you that. Because that's what they're asking him for. Increase our faith. What are they doing? Give us more faith. Right? If you say increase, if you go to your boss and say increase my pay, you know what you're asking him to do? Give me more pay. You listening? So their question to increase their faith is to do what? Give us more of this faith. So Jesus is about to teach them something about faith, that it doesn't come by asking for more. It's not how it works. And this little example that he gives is so misunderstood in the body of Christ and continually mistaught. So I want you to pay very close attention today because it has everything to do with you walking by faith and not by sight. I got your interest? Verse 6, so Jesus answers. Aren't you interested in what he said? How many want to have greater faith? Well, what we want to know what he said? Yeah. So he answers and he says, if you have faith as a mustard seed, you could say to this mulberry tree, be pulled up by the roots and be planted in the sea and it would obey you. Now see, immediately everybody thinks, he said, uh, increase our faith, make it bigger. And, and he says, you don't, most people take it this way. This is their mindset. They take it to think what he just said was, I don't need more faith. All I need is faith as a mustard seed. Now let me help you. The day you got born again, Romans chapter 5 says he gave you a measure of faith. Well, do you think he gave you less than a mustard seed? If it's talking about size here, and God wants you to walk in victory, why would he give you less than a mustard seed? If all it takes in the context of he's saying mustard seed is the size, if all of it takes is that, I've got mustard seeds in my office. I got a vial like that, and it's full of them. They're so small, they're little tiny. And, and if you looked at it, if this is talking about size, if this is just talking about the size of your faith, well, then guess what? I guarantee you the moment you got born again, you got all you needed. Yes. If God knew, doesn't he want you to succeed? If God knew it's about the size of your faith being just the size of a mustard seed and he gave you a measure of faith when you got born again, why would he give you less than a mustard seed? See, that's not what this is talking about. This is talking about what actually happens with a mustard seed and how faith works. Faith works through the kingdom principle, listen to me, of sowing and reaping. Faith works under the kingdom principle of sowing and reaping. You'll see this more clear as we go through this today. But I got to start here because you got to understand Jesus is not talking to them about the fact, well, you just need this little tiny bit of faith. He's saying, you don't understand how faith works here, boys. You don't understand how faith works. What you've got to learn is if you get faith working in your life like a mustard seed does, then you will be able to say to this mulberry tree, Be plucked up by the roots and be planted in the sea and it would obey you. Now listen to this. This is from the Greek scholars of this text. You ready? The mustard seed producing, excuse me, the mustard seed produced the largest of all herbs. Started very small, but it grew and it became very big and it produced the largest of all herbs. Therefore, the meaning here is if you have, you ready for this? You might want to try to write this down. I'll try to say it several times. This is what he just said if you have mustard seed faith. If you have increasing, expanding, enlarged, growing and strengthening faith from small beginnings, you can perform the most difficult undertaking. 
I'll say that multiple times. If you have increasing, guess what the mustard seed does when it's planted? It increases. It becomes the largest of all herbs planted. Think about that. He's teaching you faith works as a principle of sowing and reaping. Faith works off the seed. Everything in the kingdom is seed principle. Everything in the kingdom functions by seed. Everything does. Everything does. Everything does. The world came to existence by a seed spoken. The word. Again, if you have, in, this is the term here. If you have increasing, expanding, enlarged, growing, and strengthening faith from small beginnings. If you have increasing, expanding, enlarged, growing, and strengthening faith. Growing and strengthening faith from small beginnings. You can perform the most difficult undertaking. I didn't want to leave any of that out because that's in the context of the phrase here of what scholars say he was saying relating it to the mustard seed. So I'll say it one more time. If you have increasing, expanding, say it after me, increasing, expanding, enlarged, growing and strengthening. Get that phrase, growing and strengthening faith from small beginnings. You can perform the most difficult undertaking. If you don't think what he told you there was true, if you think the, the faith is the size of the mustard seed, why did Jesus over and over again say, ye of little faith? He didn't say they didn't have any. He said, ye of little faith. And he even talked about two people in the Bible who had great faith. So if there is little faith and there is great faith, then guess what? We clearly understand without a doubt. He's not saying if you just had this little bit of faith, you can speak to a literal tree and command it to be plucked up and it'll go into the sea and obey you. Well, that ain't true because time and again he told his disciples, oh, you of little faith. Why did you doubt? You listening? So the principle here of the mustard seed, please, if you hear nothing else at all today, hear this. Jesus never referred to faith as being this little mustard seed size. If that's all you got, man, you can move mountains. He never said that. What he said was, if you take faith like a mustard seed and you plant it and you begin to see it increase and grow, you do what a seed has to do to grow. Why did he use the mustard seed? You could have taken any seed of that day and used it as an example. But the reason he used the mustard seed is because when you grow faith, guess what? It becomes bigger than everything else. That's the point of the parable. He could have used any seed to prove, to, to show you faith. He could have used any seed. How to, so increase our faith. Well, here's what you got to understand, boys. Faith is a seed. You plant it, you water it, and it grows, and it becomes bigger. But faith, God kind of faith, is like a mustard seed. When planted, when watered, when developed, when grown, it becomes so strong. It becomes so big that you can look at any obstacle. You can look at any tree, command it to be plucked up and cast into the sea. Is he talking really about us going around and just seeing if we could pluck up a tree by our words and command it to go in the sea? No. He's just saying that even that, from their perspective of their view that day, wouldn't be impossible to you. What kind of faith is he talking about? Increase our faith, Lord. Can't do it. I can't do that. If I could do that for you, I could do that for everybody. If God could increase our faith, don't you know everybody we'd be faith giants? Because he wants us to walk in great faith. He wants us to walk by faith and not by sight. But it don't work that way. How does it work? 
you understand faith works like a seed. And therefore, I cannot start on my faith journey with God believing for $5 million with me just now becoming a baby Christian and coming into the kingdom. You probably can't believe him for 10 bucks, let alone $5 million. Where do you start? You start where that seed begins to develop and grow. And as you begin to see it mature and grow and get bigger, guess what will happen? You'll get to the $5 million stage. You have to understand faith works off the seed principle of the kingdom. Faith works no other way. He used the mustard seed to say that when your faith grows, it becomes stronger than everything else. I'll read it one more time. If you have increasing, expanding, enlarged, growing, and strengthening faith from small beginnings... It starts small, from small beginnings. Guess what you can do? You can perform the most difficult undertaking. Amen. Come on, somebody. Amen. I've looked at, you know, I wonder. So here we are, we're entering up on our 32nd years of church. About, about to go on our 33rd, completing our 32nd years of church. And I begin to see that now we're going to build this building. Yes. Now, do you think in the first couple of years, I would have had the faith to believe... God for the money it would have taken to, to believe that to build that kind of a building? No way. How about you? You're involved. Right. Where's your faith? Because this ain't gonna happen just on my faith. Are you listening? How I many you know God has to move people through a process of faith development to get them to the place where He knows they can believe for greater things? Because it's a seed principle, folks. Let me prove it to you. So again, just read these verses with me one more time. The apostle said, increase our faith. But the Lord said, if you have faith as a mustard seed. So when he said that, what did he say? If you have faith that's increasing, expanding, enlarging, growing, and strengthening from small beginnings, then you can say to any mulberry tree, be plucked up and be cast in the sea and it'll obey you. Yes. Did you get that? If you have faith as a mustard seed. So what you can impart in there is here's what he said. If you have faith... What that is increasing, is your faith increasing? Let's find out today. If you have faith that's increasing, expand. These are just all terms to say it's got to be growing. If your faith is increasing, expanding, enlarging, growing, and strengthening from small beginnings, if you got that kind of faith, boys and girls, any amens today? Guess what? You can perform the most difficult undertaking, including telling a tree to be plant, plucked up by the root, be cast in the sea, and it would obey you. Verse, next verse, and which of you having a servant plowing and tending sheep will not say to him when he's come from the field, come at once and sit down to eat. But will he not rather say to him, prepare something for my supper, gird yourself and serve me till I've eaten and drunk. And afterward you will eat and drink. Drunk doesn't mean get drunk, just means that he had you know, drank, drank you know, fluids, liquids. Does he think that servant, thank that servant because uh, he did the things that were commanded him? I think not. So likewise you, when you've done all those things which you are commanded, which means growing your faith, then we can say, uh, uh, we can, uh, then we say we are unprofitable servants, yet we have done what our duty was to do. Meaning what? We didn't deserve anything God did for us. But when we grow our faith, guess what? We can receive it, not because of what we did, but because of what he did. Our job, grow your faith. Grow your faith, his job. You'll receive what he did for you. He'll receive what he did for you. Now, a lot of people have taught in here faith as a servant. No, honestly, that's not, I, I don't believe that. Uh, Brother Hagin didn't believe that. Faith is an actual spiritual law. 
Faith is a spiritual force. Faith is, we, we literally, the Bible reveals uh, that there's what's known as the spirit of faith. It's not a spirit, just talking about a spiritual law that God set in motion. And thank God we can understand now, how does it operate? It operates off the seed principle. How does faith work? Off the seed principle. I want, this is what I want to get across to this church today. If you don't understand the seed principle of how faith works, you guess what you're not going to do? You're not going to walk in faith, you're going to walk in sight. To walk by faith, not by sight, you've got to understand the seed principle behind how faith works. Let me prove it to you. Go to Romans 10. You're still with me, aren't you? Yeah. Romans 10. Tell your neighbor, I hope you're paying attention today. See, we teach a lot about the aspects of how faith works, but what's the seed principle behind it? What's the seed principle behind it? You could look at people and say, see that harvest out there? Oh, yeah. Well, just go harvest it, man. You get all that's out there. But how did it get there? Seed principle. Yes. How did that harvest come? Seed principle. See, everybody just wants to go reap the, reap the harvest. But what he just told his disciples is, you got to understand, I can't just boom, increase your faith. You got to grow it. It's a seed principle. That's how it works. If you understand this and you function in this seed principle, man, you'll be able to do great things. I said, you'll be able to do great things. I'm not getting a lot of amens today. Hope you all aren't sleeping on me. Romans chapter 10, I should say sleeping on the Lord. Because you're not sleeping on me, you're sleeping on the Lord. Look at this, Romans chapter 10. So we understand, now hear me clearly, we understand in the Bible, and this is proven by all the context of Scripture, it's proven by scholars, it's proven by Jesus, it's proven by the disciples. When you study the Bible, there's two things you got to know. One, we are not to take something Jesus said out of its context to try to make it say something else it really doesn't say. Number two, but there's also principles in the Bible that do apply in every different type of setting and context. So the principle isn't taking out of its setting what's being said. But what is the result of that principle cannot be taken out of context. What what are you saying, Pastor? Example, seed time and harvest. So seed time and harvest isn't just a natural seed. It also, the Bible also talks about it in relationship to money. The the Bible also talks about it in relationship to your mouth, your words. The Bible also talks about it in relationship to faith. See, it's a principle that works in many different variations of what is known as seed time and harvest. The principle works in all these different areas I just described. You got to learn how that principle functions in all those areas for those things to benefit your life. So you're about to get a principle out of, out of these verses. Here he's talking about understanding how to get right with God. But how do you get right with God, folks? You've got to have faith. So we know there's a principle of faith in here. Because if we understand what he's teaching us about getting righteousness through faith, we understand that there's a principle about faith in here. If he's about to teach me how to get right with God by faith, I'm about to see some principles of how this faith works. Romans 10, 6. But the righteousness of faith speaks in this way. So that's really, really difficult for us, even in this language of the New King James, to understand today. This is saying here in the context of the Greek language, righteousness that comes by faith. What's righteousness? Being right with God. Getting right standing with God comes by what? Faith. And those who know this. How many know that getting right with God only comes by faith? Watch this. So those who know this do not say, they do not say in their heart, who's going to go back up into heaven and bring Christ back down here? 
Or who's going to descend back into the abyss, that is, bring Christ back up from the dead? Let me tell you what verse 6 and 7 just said. Anybody that knows Jesus already came. Let me back up. Let me back up. Let's rewind. Let's rewind the tape here. Anybody who already has right standing with God in this room, raise your hand. If you know you're right with God, raise your hand. So if you've already got right standing with God, here's what you know. Here's what you know. I receive that by faith. I'm already right with God. I don't need to call on Jesus to come back down here and die again. I don't need Jesus to go into hell again. He already did all that. I'm already right with God. So verse 6 and 7 is saying, those who understand righteousness and are right with God by faith, not works. He's dealing with a bunch of of Jews here that are still thinking by their works they're going to go to heaven. He said, anybody who understands you only get right with God by faith is not going to call on Jesus to come back down here. Already did that. Not going to call on Jesus to go and die. What you need to be right with God already done. You just got to put your faith in God. And anybody right with God already knows that. So they're not calling on him to come back down here. Wait a minute. What about beyond right, right standing with God? Well, what about what you need from God, Jesus, if you could just come back down here? Now, see, those who know they're right with God know that's not what faith says. Because faith knows Jesus already did what was needed to make me right with him. So I already have a right to what he did. Him coming down here is not going to get me what I need from God because he already fulfilled it. I'm not calling him back down here. Can I get a better amen? Verse 8. So what does it say? So those who know this understand this, what does it say? What does righteousness that comes by faith say? The words near you. So here's how you get it. So here's the principle then of how it comes. Not by calling Jesus back down here. How does it come? Well, the words near you. Now, understand this. The, 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 the phrase, the, excuse me, the word, word. The word there in that verse, word. It, there's two ways in the New Testament the Bible uses a reference to God's word. It refers to it as rhema or logos. Logos is the whole, whole of scripture. Rhema is the spoken word. This is rhema here. This, you need to understand that. This is critical. If you want to learn how to truly function and walk by faith and not by sight, you better get this principle working in your life every day. Because the faith of God has to be what? Ever increasing ever expanding, come on, ever growing. Yes, strengthening. See, we shouldn't be getting weaker in faith. We ought to be getting stronger in faith. You know what it looks like today? A lot of Christians are getting weak in faith. I'm going to tell you why. I'm going to show you today why they are. I'm going to show you why. They're not walking by faith. They think they are. Because in the mindset of the average believer, they think walking by faith is when I see a problem, they know enough of the word in their head, which faith ain't in your head, They know enough of the word in their head that they just think all I got to do is start saying what Scripture says because after all, I already know what God says in His Word. And so I'm walking by faith. And yet their faith seems to keep getting weaker. They can't move mountains. They can't pluck up trees. See, what a lot of people too, let me chase a rabbit trail here for a minute. So what a lot of people too don't understand about faith is look at faith like like a heating and cooling system. Faith is like an HVAC system. So there was a guy, he lived up in the hills, you know, man, I mean, just as, you know, as, as out back in living, I mean, just hermit guy. He all of a sudden realizes I need some more supplies. I don't have enough. And so he dead of winter, man, freezing cold, right? He goes down into this little community where they have people actually living in some stores and stuff. And he walks in this store. And the minute he walks in, guess what he feels? Heat. So, whoo, wow, that's nice. That's nice. 
But he looks around. Must be a fire here somewhere. Because guess what heats his place? A fire. But he don't see a fire. He's like, Fred, where's your fireplace? What happened to your big old kettle? Where's all that fire? Oh, no, I don't do that anymore. I don't use that anymore. What do you mean you don't use that anymore? I got a, I got a heating system. You got a what? Got a heating system. Remember, this guy's out back as a game. He's never heard of this. What do you mean? He said, see this little thing over here on the wall? See this thing right here? Well, yeah. He said, well, I bought me one of these, and I just set it to whatever temperature I want, and it just puts the room right over to whatever temperature I want. He said, where do you get that? Where'd you get one? Where, where can I get one? Well, I bought it from this guy down here at this store. Oh, I'm going to go get me one. So he gets his supplies. He goes down to the store. He says, I want one of them things hanging on the wall that you said sold to Fred down there. So he gives him one. He goes home. He can't wait to get home. He said, boy, this is going to be good. I don't have to pack firewood in anymore. All I got to do is stick that baby up on the wall and turn it and just turn it to where I want it to go and I'm going to have heat. So, I mean, it's freezing cold. He turns that baby up, you know, to like 68, Kathy's house, you know, 67, 66, 65. So, yeah. so he started turning that thing up, baby. And, and he sits there. And after about an hour, he's like, what in the world? And so after a week of frustration of this thing not working, he puts it back in the box. He comes back and says, Fred, I got a defective one. So what do you mean I tried? I did exactly what you did, and it didn't change my heat at all. He said, wait a minute, wait a minute. He said, is that all you bought? Well, yeah. He said, well, you dummy, that's not all you need. The guy didn't tell you? No, I just told him I wanted what you had hanging on the wall, and that's what he sold me. He said, well, guess what? You got to have the system that sits on the outside of your home. Huh? Yeah, you got to have an HVAC system out there that causes the heat to come into the house. Well, why didn't you tell me that? Well, you didn't ask. You know why most Christians ain't walking by faith? Because they don't ask God to show them how to walk by faith. They think they already know. And here's why. You know what your head is? Your head's the thermostat. You know what that is right there? That's the goal setter. Faith is a substance of things hoped for. I got to have a goal setter. I got to have understanding in my mind of what the Bible says for faith to even begin. So I got to have a goal setter. But if you're just going by your head, you're missing the HVAC system, darling. Because the HVAC system that brings the heat or the cool is your heart. Amen. It's your heart. If you don't connect what's up here with here, right. it don't work. It don't work. And what you and I got to realize is for this to work, it ain't a one-time thing. Go buy an HVAC system and that's it. No, it's like a seed. It grows. You harvest. And guess what? A lot of people maybe get to a place where they learn a little about faith. They actually get some harvest. And you know what they do? They quit doing what they're supposed to do. Listen to me. To walk by faith. They don't do it consistently. They don't do it continually. So they don't reap faith. They don't grow faith. They don't develop faith. Their faith doesn't expand and get stronger. Why not, Pastor? Read on. Glad you asked that question. You're such a smart group of people. That's why I like preaching to you. Verse 8, the word is where? Where's the word at? Where's the word at? Now, to, to the Romans, he was telling them it's near you. Why? Because he was there at the time. Uh, uh, he was writing to them at the time saying, guess what? I'm sending the word to you. You'll know what the word says because I'm telling it to you. So you got no excuse. You know exactly what the word says. We've sent it to you. But notice this. You got to do what? It's in your mouth and in your So if you got it in your mouth, guess what that means? I have a hope. It's in the head of what God said. Where do I got to get it to get the furnace working? I got to get it in the heart. I just do that one time? Nope. No, no, no. Faith is like a seed. You have to keep expanding, growing, and increasing it if you want to see it work. 
So you got to do what? You got to get the word, the spoken word, the spoken word rhema in your mouth. The word, that word, word, there's rhema, spoken word. The spoken word has to clearly be where? In your mouth or it's not what? The spoken word. If it's not the spoken word, it's not rhema. It's just logos, just sitting there in front of you. You got to get it in your mouth so you can get it where? In your heart. That is what? The word, rhema, of what? Faith, which we preach. We're not just talking about man's philosophy, man's ideology. We're not going to say, okay, so for the next three months, you know, I don't say there's anything wrong with maybe using a little something to, as an example to show something out of the Bible. But you know how many people preach by movies today? Where does Revelation come from movies? We're going to do a movie series and we're going to have all these movies and we're going to come learn about all these movies and somehow relate that to God. Now, if you're really showing scripture that relates to that, okay. But number one, most of the movies today, you probably shouldn't be watching. Brother Hagen even said the problem with most Christians is they got so much garbage in their heart, it plugs up their faith. He said half of what you obviously got, got going on today, I'd say more than half now back in his day. He said you shouldn't even be listening to or watching. But you keep listening to it and watching it and wonder why your faith don't work. Watch this. It's in your mouth, in your heart. The word of what? Faith, which we what? Preach. Nine, if you will then do what? Confess. I want you to write this down. The word confess means to acknowledge your covenant. That word confess means I'm acknowledging my covenant. Because I'm acknowledging in my covenant with my mouth. With what? My mouth. What God has said I have a right to. What if I don't do that? Faith won't grow. Faith won't increase. Your faith does not continue to expand and grow on its own. I'm going to prove it to you. Your faith expands and grows as you continue to do what? Acknowledge your covenant. If you will confess with your mouth, in this case, in this case, the Lord Jesus, his lordship, because he's talking to them about receiving righteousness. Apply it to anything of what you receive from God. Faith works the same way. Doesn't matter if you're receiving righteousness or moving a mountain or moving a tree. It works the same way. So we're seeing the principle here actually in function in relationship to getting righteous with God, right with God. But that principle of faith works no matter what you're dealing with. Yes, it does. Any amens on that? Amen. So again, watch this. If you confess, acknowledge your covenant with God, with your mouth, the Lord Jesus in this case, but just name it. Name whatever he's done for you. I have to acknowledge my covenant promises that God gave me with my mouth. And therefore then believe them in my heart. And in this case, believing for salvation that God raised Jesus from the dead. What would happen? They would be saved. Verse 10. For... With the heart, not the head. Not the goal setter. With the heart one believes. With the heart one believes. The head had to have a goal. The head had to know what the Bible says. And therefore understand how faith works. And continue to develop that faith until it gets into the heart. Faith doesn't get into the heart if it's not in whose mouth? Your mouth. Faith doesn't come just because you hear me preach. I'm going to show you this. Faith then develops and grows and becomes strong because you confess it over and over and over. Amen. Listen carefully. With the heart one believes, in this case under righteousness, with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. So the principle applies to whatever you're believing God for. So you can say it, with it, you can say it this way. With the heart one believes, with, uh, with the heart one believes and, by conf- and with confession and with the mouth confession is made unto with the heart we believe, and with the mouth confession is made unto. Unto what? Healing. Deliverance. Moving a mountain. You name it. 
In other words, I got to believe it in my heart and speak it with my mouth. But before you get there, you don't take the word of God of something that you don't really believe in your heart yet and start trying to speak to mountains. Why? It's got to grow. Like a mustard seed. But if you keep doing what the Bible says that you're supposed to do to walk by faith, guess what? Your faith don't ever get weaker. It just keeps getting stronger and stronger and stronger and stronger. Why does that not happen for most Christians? They don't understand how faith works. It's a seed principle. Uh, state, I want you to state this in your notes or make a note of it. You got to keep God's word in your mouth to keep it in your heart or make it work in your heart. You got to keep it in your mouth to make it work in your heart. Now, if you drop down in that same chapter to verse 17, most of you know this verse. So then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the... So you can say this way. What do you mean faith comes? Faith grows. How does faith grow? By hearing and by hearing the word. You ready for this? Faith grows by hearing and hearing by the... Now watch this, watch this. So Jeremiah 3.15, there's so many other verses I'd love to go to today. Jeremiah 3.15, God said, I'm going to give you, the Lord said, I'm going to give you shepherds. They're going to feed you. That's why you need to be in church. They're going to feed you with knowledge and understanding. Guess what you're getting today if you're listening? Knowledge and understanding. We're not going to be able to see all of it. But in Proverbs chapter 4, how many know that the sower sows the word? We talked about this in the first week, right? And you, your heart has soil conditions in it, and you want it to be good ground if you want to see it produce in your life. Isn't that right? What if I'm not under the sowing of the word? You're not getting knowledge and understanding. Now, it's amazing to see when Jesus talked about this, the very first type of soul condition he talked about was wayside soul. Remember that? And he said, if the seed is sown, so you actually come and hear the word, but you don't understand it. Matthew's account tells us, you hear it, but you don't understand it. Satan immediately snatches it away. So guess what I got to do? I got to go sit under, first of all, a pastor, because if I'm not sitting under a pastor, I'm not getting anointed preaching that gives me knowledge and understanding. But while it's being preached, i got to pay attention. If you're listening to your stomach right now growling, thinking about lunch, and looking at your social media and all the other things you're going to do, you are getting no understanding. Satan's snatching every seed out of your heart the minute it's sown. Faith comes by. So how does it begin? By hearing the word preached consistently, I maintain understanding of the word. But how does faith continue to grow? And therefore, hearing by the word of God. Faith comes by. Hearing and therefore hearing by the word of God. It's a seed. You ready? So I got to keep getting faith seeds planted in my heart in church. What do I do when I leave church? What did Romans 10 just tell you? You put it in your mouth. Why? Because you're watering the seed that's in your heart. No, No seed grows without water. None. Paul said to the Corinthian church, I planted, Apollos watered, God gave the increase. Why does God give the increase? He's the one that makes the, the faith law function. He's the one that makes it work, not us. We don't make the full. You and I don't have the ability to make the faith law function. God does. What's my part? What's your part? Planting, watering. In the context of not just witnessing, how about your own life? Faith is a seed. He just told you that in Luke 17. He said, you got to understand it's like a mustard seed. And you got to do what? Get it planted. And keep planting and keep watering and you'll just keep growing it. It'll get stronger and stronger and it'll become stronger than everything else in your life. But when does the tree not need water? It don't. It needs water. 
As a believer, if I've planted and I've reaped a harvest, guess what I need? I need more harvest. So I can, that's why I need to continually hear the Word of God preached. So I hear the Word of God preached, I get what? Knowledge and understanding. Guess what the Bible's clear about? Where does, the, where does faith begin? Where the will of God is known. That's getting knowledge and understanding. I can't have faith for something I don't know that is God's will. And a lot of times you'll walk out in the world and, and the devil try to convince you, evidently this ain't God's will because I ain't got it yet. And you come back in here and guess what you get a firm, a firm foundation of again? Nope, this is God's will for you. This is what God said. You get reaffirmation. Nope, that's exactly what God said. Yeah. But when you leave here, what do you got to do? What do you got to do to see your faith grow? To walk by faith. We're talking about walking by faith today. To walk by faith and not by sight. What do I got to do? You must keep, excuse me, you must keep saying what the Bible says. If you don't keep saying what the Bible says, you're not watering the seed that's in you. Your faith's not growing. Amen. How many Christians are saying daily what the Bible says? They're not. That's why their faith is weak. You listen to you more than you listen to anybody else on the planet every single day day. I don't care how much you listen to anybody else. Guess who you listen to the most? You. I never talk to myself. Really. Let's put a recorder on you and find out about that. You'd be amazed how many times you talk to yourself and don't even realize you're doing it. It's just a habit. You just do it. If you keep saying what God says, the words near you, you've got it available to you. Get it in your mouth and you'll keep watering what's in your heart and that faith will increase and grow because it's a seed. It's like, a mulberry, it's like a mustard seed. And it'll just get stronger and stronger and stronger. But you don't just harvest that and then say, I'm done. No, you keep planting more seeds. Amen. So clearly he tells us faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. You can't just hear it preaching and go about your week. No. Mark chapter 4. You got to hear it and then you got to do what? Say it over and over and over again. Declaring to yourself what you know the Bible says and this is why we make this statement every time before we open the word. Who you are, what you have, and what you can do. Well, I just can't witness to anybody. Is that what the Bible said? See, the reason you have no faith to witness to anybody is not because you weren't taught that here. You weren't taught that here. It's because you keep saying contrary to the word. Now, I guarantee if you keep speaking contrary to the word, guess what happens to faith seeds that don't get watered? They eventually die. They don't produce. Plant a seed in the ground. Give it no water. Guess what it won't do? It won't produce. But isn't it interesting? Faith is, the whole principle of faith operates off of the kingdom seed principle of seed time and harvest. That's how faith works. You're about to see it. So in Mark chapter 4, we have the parable of the sower. I don't have time to go through the whole parable of the sower today. I just want to show you something significant about this whole principle. Are you still with me today? Mark chapter 4, verse 26. The kingdom of God is as if a man should scatter seed on the ground. Now, Jesus gave many parables as to how the kingdom functions. What is the kingdom? Let's back up a minute. What is the kingdom? It's the dominion of the king. How many want to see the dominion of your king functioning in your life? So you must learn the principles by which that kingdom functions or you won't see that happen. This is a principle by how the kingdom, the dominion of the king functions, how it works. Notice this. This kingdom of God is if a man should do what? Scatter seed on the ground. Now, pause for a minute. Let me remind you something. Do you know what he would do? So what, did he do? what is he teaching? He hasn't stopped teaching here. 
See, I wished I had time. You can go back and read it later. You go back here to chapter 4, first part of it, he talks about the sower sowing the word. So where does faith begin? Here in the word preached. Then what must I do? I must take heed to what else I hear. Look at verse 24. So I wish I had time to read the whole thing. He, he said to them, take heed, notice what you hear. Yes. Teaching take heed what you hear. Because with the same measure you use, it's going to be measured back to you. And to you who hear, more will be given. So if you'll listen and hear what God's saying, protect yourself against hearing all the other garbage. And you'll keep saying what God's saying. Guess what's going to happen? More is going to be given. What? More faith. Why? Because you're, you're, you're watering the seed. How will more be given? It'll grow. It'll get bigger. It'll get stronger. If you're weak in faith today in any area, you should be honest enough with yourself to say, I'll tell you why I'm weak in faith. Because I either haven't had the, heard the word preached on that or continue to, or I'm not watering the seed I got. Amen. Don't water the seed you got. How's it going to grow? Good. So this whole parable is talking about the issue of the Word getting in your heart so it can grow up and produce what God wants in your life, and that happens through faith. So he says now in verse 26, this kingdom is as if a man should scatter seed on the ground. Notice this. He should sleep by night, rise by day. This is powerful. The seed should sprout and grow. He himself does not know how. So if you keep speaking over your life what the Bible already tells you is so, and you keep watering that seed, guess what happens even when you sleep at night? It's still growing. It don't stop growing. Your heart already knows what to do with the seed. You know what the problem with most Christians? If they're in a good church and they're consistently in church and they hear the word preached, guess what most of their problem is? They got really dry soil. They're not watering their seed. Come on, somebody. Are you listening today? This is a powerful... You go back to all of Hagen's teachings. You go back to all Charles Capp's teachings. You go back to all these teachings that these men learned about faith and lived by and walked by and proved in their life, and they're going to tell you this over and over and over again. Faith is a seed. And you got to water. you got to speak the Word of God over your life every day again and again and again and again because you're watering that seed. That's how it becomes stronger. That's how it grows. And if you do that, guess what? It'll become so much bigger than your problem that it don't matter what you face, you'll overcome it. Again, he says here clearly in verse 26, it's like a man scattering seed on the ground, 27. He sleeps by night, rises by day, but that seed of the word knows exactly how to grow if you just simply do what he said. Verse 28, notice this though. So the earth yields crops, does it not? Listen to this example. First comes what? The blade. So you, you plant a seed, you start watering, and eventually you start seeing what? A little blade pops up. Bloop. See, a lot of people, man, they start hearing about faith and they start hearing the word and they think they're already a faith giant and they've been watering the word a little bit and all they got is a little blade. Bloop! And they think they can go and harvest it. No harvest yet. No harvest yet. You got to grow that faith up. You got to grow it up to the place where you can use it and get a harvest. It's just a blade. I'm sorry, but it don't happen overnight. People want faith to happen overnight. What did the disciples say? Increase our faith. That'd be instant. But what did he say? It don't work that way, boys. It works like the mustard seed. You got to grow it. It's a seed principle. It's how faith works. So the earth yields the crops, first the blade, then the head, then after that the full grain what? 
Then the full grain in the head, but when the grain ripens, immediately he puts in the sickle because what? Let me help you. What's that, what that tells you about faith is, is if I keep watering my seed in an area that I believe in God to get faith for, a promise of God or what he's told me I could do or how I could live or how I can walk, if I keep watering that seed, there's going to come a day that faith's going to rise up alive in me and I'm going to say, I got it. I got it. See, it's not a head thing anymore. Your heart knows, I got it now. That thing is fully grown. Guess what you can do now? When you release your words now, power goes with it. Because those are now faith-filled words. They're not a thermostat on the wall without the HVAC system. The HVAC system's connected. But it don't happen overnight. But when you get a harvest of faith in your heart, you can now say to the mountain, move! See, because the truth is in your heart, you'll know it's a done deal. See, Christians know when they taught the Bible, you got to believe you receive when you pray. Okay, I believe I receive when I pray. But the moment they walk out the door and a symptom comes, well, I thought I believed I received. You don't understand faith, darling, because it is a principle that actually has to grow in you. But what if I, I need this thing fulfilled now? Start working the principle and it will cause that thing to die. You'll harvest the faith that you need to see that thing die. Faith doesn't change everything overnight. If it did, it would have changed you overnight. I mean in every way. I'm not talking about salvation. You listening? You can't believe God for money today and actually have that money in your hand tomorrow. Why? Why can we not believe God for money today and have it in my hand tomorrow? Why couldn't I have that kind of faith, God? Why couldn't I? Well, I'll tell you why. Let me tell you why. Because God's got to deal with other people to get the money to you. That's a problem. Because not a lot of believers are listening to God. Think about how hard God has to work and, and deal with stuff in life to be able to work things out for you to see what he needs to bring about as a harvest in your life Amen. in those areas. So I just need to have what? The faith for it. Listen again. Uh, the earth yields the crops, blade, head, full grain in the head. After that, here comes the harvest. Verse 30, moving on. He said, to what shall we liken the kingdom of God? Moving on. Or with what parable shall we picture it? Here again, it's like a mustard seed. And what did Jesus just refer to the mustard seed? Faith. Increase our faith. So it's like a mustard seed. So here's, here's Matthew's account of it. It's like a mustard seed, which when it is sown on the ground, it's smaller than all the seeds on the ground. But when it's sown and it grows up and it becomes greater than all the herbs, it shoots out large branches so that birds of the air may even nest under its shade. That your faith can even help other people. You need to write this down. You need to never stop hearing the word of God preached and never stop boldly declaring it to yourself. You need to never stop. You want to grow faith? You need to never stop hearing the word of God preached and you need to never stop having a bold confession on your mouth of that word. And I'll show you. Say, I never need to stop hearing God's word preached and I never need to stop boldly declaring what that word says. Why? You're watering the seed. You're watering the seed. I'll show you one last verse. Hebrews 10 in closing. If you'll turn to Hebrews 10. If you stop hearing the word preached, there's only one way that faith initiates in your heart and continues to maintain an aspect of development of faith in your heart and that's by hearing the word preached. And then you got to do what? Keep hearing it. How do you keep hearing it? You boldly declare it. You keep saying it. <clears throat> and a person who walks by faith knows 
If I begin to speak what the Word of God says in an area that I'm building faith, I know my harvest probably won't be today. But it's growing, man. And that's why I don't keep, that's why I don't stop saying what God says. I just keep saying what God says, not what the world says, not what the situation says. I keep saying what God says, because if I say what the world says, what am I going by? Sight. If I say what God says, what am I going by? Faith. And I keep doing it because I know it's at work. As long as I keep boldly declaring the word, I know it's watering it and that faith is increasing. It's growing. Harvest is coming. Harvest is coming. Harvest is coming. Harvest is coming. Now, why people understand this about faith? They just think faith should be instantaneous. Even at times when Jesus spoke, remember, he told the parables. Excuse me, sorry, parable. He told the ten lepers, go show yourself to the priest. Why weren't they instantly healed? Didn't work. Didn't work that way for them. Why did he tell them to go show themselves to the priest? Because God told him to. I don't say anything except what the Father says. Faith requires action. So you got to understand, you can try to get an action in faith without even having it in your heart yet corresponding actions. Some people think by their actions they're proving they have faith. No, 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 no. When you have faith, obviously, you have to now act on it. Once the harvest comes, you got to act on it. you got to start declaring that's so, man. But you keep speaking it over yourself first to keep watering that seed. Any amens about that? See, a lot of people think, well, if you're in faith, you'd stop your medicine and therefore you'd get your healing. I have a question. Will medicine heal you? Careful for your answer. Will medicine heal you? No. Even doctors will tell you. We don't have any medicine to heal you. We, we have no medicine that can heal you. We can deal with the symptoms. We can deal with the actual uh, attack on your body of the symptoms to get your body in a position to do more of what it was created to do by God. Where if we relieve some of the pain, the pain and the suffering, then obviously you're not dealing with that and thinking about that all the time. Doctors told Brother Hagen, they said, listen, I could give somebody a pill that has everything in it to deal with those symptoms, but in their mind, if they think otherwise, it won't work for them. Isn't that something? Their mind will override the pill. The pill is to help you to get your mind settled that I'm not in all that pain, so I can start believing that, that medicine is healing me. It's not, but your body will begin to heal. You listening? No medicine heals you. Should I stop taking my medicine to prove I'm in faith? If you have to ask that question, you better not stop taking your medicine. If you're truly in the position of faith that you know it's so, you don't even have to ask that question. Well, I'm not there yet. Keep watering. Keep watering. Keep boldly declaring what God says. How do you know? Hebrews 10 says so. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 35. Therefore, underline it, do not cast away your confidence, which has what? Great reward. For after, notice, excuse me, for you have need of endurance. You have need of what? You have need of what? Endurance. Endurance. So after you have done the will of God, you may receive what? The The promise. What do you mean after you've done the will of God? What it takes to walk by faith. 37, for yet a little while he who is coming will come and will not tarry. Notice this, 38, now the just shall live by what? Faith. faith. But if anyone draws back, my soul has no pleasure in him. Why? It takes faith to please God. We are not of those who draw back to perdition, destruction, but those who believe to the saving of the soul. If we truly walk by faith, we'll make it all the way to the end. We won't lose our faith in God and renounce our salvation. 
Look at 35. Therefore, do not what? Cast away your confidence. I've taught you this. If you look that word confidence up, it means a bold confession in line with the word. A bold confession in line with the word. Do not cast away your bold confession in line with the word because after you've done the will of God, what's the will of God? Grow your faith. Grow your faith. If you maintain a bold confession of what God's word says about anything God has done in Christ Jesus, guess what you're doing? You're growing your faith. What will you do? You'll see it come to pass. You'll see it happen. Quit trying to get all caught up and consumed with whether you're actually, quote unquote, believing in your heart or walking by faith or not. The more you take time to think about that, the more you're focused on the wrong thing. I want you to hear what I just said. Quit taking the time to focus on whether you really, how do I believe it in my heart? See, quit, get, just forget all that. Forget all the thought about, man, wish I could believe it in my heart. You can. Boy, I don't know how I could, how do I get it in my heart? You can. What do you need to do? You know what you focus on? I hear the word preached. I keep boldly confessing it. What am I doing? I'm watering that seed and faith is growing. That's how it works. I don't need to know anything else. It's like a man who scatters seed on the ground. The ground knows what to do with it. Quit trying to fit, quit, quit in your head trying to be the ground. In your head. Your, your heart knows what to do with it. Right. Just keep watering it. Right. It'll produce. It'll grow. It'll bring faith. That's right. And one day you'll walk up and say, Aha, mountain. <laughs> your days are over with me. Because I now know it in my heart. And therefore, when you speak to the mountain, if it don't move instantaneously, guess what your heart does? Your heart doesn't move. Your heart doesn't change. Because you know the moment you spoke the words, those words went into effect. I wish I had more time. You ready for this? Watch this. Anybody have any idea how many prophecies there are in the Old Testament about Jesus coming? How many times the prophets spoke about Jesus coming? Over and over again. Now, if the prophets were speaking about Jesus coming, and we have it recorded in the Bible, was that just what the prophets said? No, No, it wasn't. Who'd they get that from? God. What's God? God's God of faith. God's a God who operates by faith. God's a God who walks by faith. Right? The words he gave them. What's faith based on? His word. It's based on his word. You understand faith is totally based on one thing, what God said. That's how my faith develops. That's how my faith grows. So how many times did he tell the prophets over and over again to prophesy about his son coming? Many times. Some thousands of years before he came. Don't, get, don't think your promise is a thousand years off because you don't have that much time. I want you to get the principle. It works no matter where. Where are you talking about? You ready for this? You ready for this? Some of you might get it before lunch. Some of you might have to meditate on it two or three weeks. In John chapter 1, the Bible says the word became flesh. See, you still haven't got it yet. I'm going to have to help you. The word became flesh and then did what? Dwelt among men. You want God's promises to become flesh? You want God's promises to come into the natural? Where does it come from? The word. How did, we get a, how did we get a Jesus in a physical manifestation body on the planet? The word was spoken over and over and over and over again. And that word grew up and became flesh and manifested and walked among men. You want to see the promises of God in your life manifested? You take the word and you speak it over and over you keep watering the seed. Amen. And as you keep watering the seed, guess what will happen? That word will take on flesh. Amen. Thank you, Lord. That word will take on flesh. 
What do you mean? Manifestation in the natural. Some of you still didn't get it. <laughs> do you understand that? How did Jesus come into manifestation? He had to come the same way everything else of God come. It comes through, the, through, through faith, through the word. And God didn't say it one time. He said it again and again. And thousands of years before it happened. Well, come on, what's going on? He keeps talking about this Messiah to come. He keeps talking about the. See, you know what the devil makes you think? The devil makes you think as you're speaking the word of God. Well, if it was working for you, why wouldn't it be here yet? How come it ain't happened? I ain't responsible for the increase. I plant by hearing the word preached. I water by speaking it with my mouth. Shut up, devil, because you know. You know what's growing in my heart. And you know that word is going to manifest. That word will become flesh. And you'll be proven to be a liar again. But it doesn't work for most because they won't say it over and over and over and over. Well, you know, Pastor, we just got to call things the way they are. No, that's what's got you in trouble right now. You're calling everything the way it is, and it's going to stay that way. You're not saying what God says. That may not yet be is. That may not be your is, the way it is. But what you want to be the way it is, is only going to take place by growing your faith. If you get nothing else today, please get this. Never stop hearing the word preached. Never stop boldly declaring it to yourself. Hebrews 10. He who boldly confesses what the word of God says, he will, after having done the will of God to grow his faith, he will see the result. It will come to pass because it's even proven with his son Jesus. You want whatever promise the word gives you to become flesh in your life? You got to say it over and over and over. To who? No, I'm out of time. So you're challenging more and I'm just out of time. Who do I need to say it to? You don't need to say it to your neighbor. Your neighbor don't need it. They're not, they're not growing, you're not growing faith in them. See, some of you, some of you circumvent your faith because you think you got to go tell everybody, you know, everything you're believing God for. You're hurting yourself. You're not helping yourself. Take heed what you hear. So go to all the people who aren't faith walkers and tell them what you're doing to walk by faith. Well, that stuff don't work. Well, that's what you really need to hear. Come on. There's no place in the Bible that says you've got to go tell everybody in the world about it. Is there? And most circumvent their faith by getting around a bunch of doubt and unbelievers. Especially spirit-filled doubt and unbelievers who think they walk by faith. Whose words show otherwise. And you're trying to tell them. Joseph got himself in great trouble when he opened his mouth. Come on. You don't think God couldn't have got him in that position another way? I think God could have. You know why he got in that position? You know why he got arrested? Does anybody know Joseph's story? You know Joseph's story? You know why he got in trouble? I'll tell you why he opened his big mouth. Let me tell you what God told me I'm going to be. Y'all going to bow down and worship me? What? <laughs> what if he kept his mouth shut? He wouldn't have got sold off as a slave by his brothers. They wouldn't have even known what was going on in his heart. Nobody else needs to know what's going on in your heart but you. Hear the word preached. Take the word. Keep speaking it over and over and over. Well, where, Pastor? Where do you need faith right now the most? Where are you weakest? And once you harvest, don't stop. I said don't stop. 
I want to have a continual harvest of health and healing. You know why Brother Hagin stayed so strong in body? I'll tell you why. He didn't get faith one time for healing and, never, and then stopped speaking the word and stopped hearing. No, man. You kidding me? He said there wasn't hardly a night that I would go to bed that I didn't read the Bible or open somebody's book that I trusted in. You know, like Christ the healer and feed on the word of God. And speak it to myself. Faith is the principle of the seed, folks. The mustard seed isn't the size. The mustard seed is how it works. And that's how faith works. Stand your feet. We pray that you are blessed by the message Pastor Baker shared with you today. For more spiritual resources that can help you in your walk with God, or to invite Pastor Baker as a guest speaker, just go to our website at cffchurch.com. You will find additional teachings by video, audio, and printed resources that will be a blessing to you. May God's very best be yours.